three, two, one. Dude, 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 how are you? I am very well. I actually, because I couldn't remember what I did during the week last time we did it, apart from yeah. I finally remembered the bomb, I was thinking to myself, remember what you've done this week so that you can say it. But I've forgotten. Well, again. Ah, uh, really? So, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a question to kick this thing off straight away. Ooh, do question. you have been thinking about this? Yeah. Do you or do you not know how to piss out the sun? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, <laughs> sol- we solved the pissing out the sun mystery oh, last good week. Point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this week is do you or do you not believe it's possible to create a bikini at a toilet roll? Uh, yes, I did one last <laughs> night, actually. <laughs> Um, no, I did it Friday night. This is not a lie. This is actually not a lie. I actually made one. Um, because Mate, it was... I know. Why do you think I asked the question? I didn't just randomly pull that question out of nowhere and it happens to be that you, on two days ago, made a bikini at a toilet roll. I got a photo. Well, I've got I, a fantastic photo. Oh, fo- God. <laughs> I thought this might be something that people are doing during lockdown. I thought it just might be like... Zoom quizzes and toilet paper bikinis is what's happening, but okay. Yeah. Cool. So you've got a photo of me in a toilet paper bikini. I need to work out who's maybe sent you that. <clears throat> I, I, I give you mm. one guess. You can, you can. I think I know. So they are getting some <laughs> messages very, very quickly now. Now. Yeah. Well, basically uh, I got a photo of you. This class because you're, you, it's taken when you've got that sports direct mug. Um, you know, you've got one of those great big Sports Direct mugs. It's like you on Zoom holding up your Sports Direct mug and then you're in what is can only be described as a toilet paper bikini. Um, it looks good. Yep. You, rock, mm-hmm. you rock it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some, there were some good uh, participants for that round. That was pretty, uh, pretty wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was it? Where did that come from? So uh, we did uh, like a Taskmaster style... Uh, Zoom quiz for my friend's birthday, and so we had okay. three three things that we needed to do uh, prior to the quiz, and that was um, create a uh, well known monument out of snacks, um, shoot a okay. beach scene in your house, and okay. there was record yourself in a hiding place and then reveal yourself, and the scariest one wins. Um, so mine was uh, I made. The Taj, the Taj Mahal, and I called it the Task Mahal, out of um, onions, garlic, and some boxes of uh, pasta. Uh, um, hang on, mate. Let me process that. Onions, garlic. Have you got a photo? You'll have a photo of this. You can send me a photo. Yeah, I'll send you a photo. <laughs> we can post it out there as well. Uh, yeah, but then um, I made my beach scene. What I did was uh, I made a little sandcastle. Um, uh, out of uh, whole wheat flour and put a little RIP flag in it because I can't eat wheat. Um, so that was my <laughs> <laughs> that was my little display on my balcony. But uh, oh, look uh, at me! I tried to I've got allergies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want to. Well, I was considering doing like a nude um, uh, shot on the balcony because there's a lot of there are far more nude beaches here in Germany than there are in the UK. Um, okay. and I always like an opportunity to make my friends feel uncomfortable. Um, but then I realized that actually there's an entire apartment building opposite mine and everybody can see onto my balcony. Um, that's fine. So I made a decision not to do that. 
Um, That's a shame. But yeah, but then my hiding place was, um, um, because in lockdown, I haven't been able to go into any climbing walls. What I did was I hid on the ceiling, suspended between two walls uh, and dropped down. That was quite impressive. I was proud of myself. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. It sounds quite impressive. It sounds like Spider-Man-esque. It was very Spider-Man-esque. Apart from the fall to the ground was not as graceful as I wanted it to be. Uh, And I kind of surprised myself a lot with um, how I fell over as well. So. Yeah. There we go. And then we did all these little tasks on the night, um, including make a toilet paper bikini, make some fake, like make a new face paint out of stuff that you have in this room and stuff. So I covered my face in shaving cream and dressed up as the abominable snowman. Well, there we go. That's better than anything I've done this week, to be fair. So it made, it made me smile when I saw it, mate. Um, Yeah. This is not uncommon to have these pictures going around of me. I've found over recent years so i'm not surprised yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you and, and you take it quite well mate as well because i was looking at the photos on the instagram obviously of the the travis pepper tinder and, and yeah. like i said last week there's some fucking quality photos on there mm. um <laughs> there's some really good photos on there uh but i was just like this guy doesn't give a shit does he he's just quite content <laughs> <laughs> looking like a twat and like he doesn't mind that's good. Yeah, the one of me picking my nose is one of my favourites for that one. Yeah, you said that last week. You said that last yeah. week. And actually, while we're talking about last week, that little skiver you did was <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And like last week when I was listening back to it, obviously I had no idea that when I'd gone to the toilet, you'd... Actually, no, hang on. I had no idea that you'd recorded that of me. So first of all, when did you take that little clip? Like when was that recorded? It was while you were trying to set up your microphone. So, of course, the clip wasn't from your recording. The clip was from the Zoom recording. So, yeah, okay. whilst you were there going like, where's my microphone? Da, 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 da. So, I was recording at that time. And I remember making a note going, I think I'm going to use this for something. I think I'm going to use this for something. So, when you went, oh, I'll go to a pee break, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> because the re- the reason I found it so funny is because I was clueless. So like if other people are listening to it, they might be like, oh yeah, well that's all staged or that's put on. And like he knew that was being recorded. But when I listened back to it on the Monday, when you sent it through, I just fell about laughing. I was just like, I could not contain myself. I just found it so funny because I was just not expecting it. And I was like, <laughs> where the fuck has he got this clip from? Um, well, it was, it was quite funny because um, I was like, oh, I'll put the clip together. And I was like, oh, I thought he'd, I thought he'd sung for a bit longer than that, actually. Oh, that's a, that's a shame. And then I was like, and I went, wait a minute. I looked, <laughs> look, looked at my piano and was like, okay. Went over and I was like, play. Oh, this is brilliant. Right. Okay. Keep writing. <laughs> and you, well, were, we you were probably at one point just going like, oh, why is it taking him so long to edit the podcast? I thought he said he was going to be quick. Yeah, it's because I spent like an hour just like, playing coming up with different tunes and stuff and then recording it and then just editing it trying to make it sound nice and i was like i've i'm, I'm quite I'm, I'm, of all my musical achievements this is one of the top five i think okay yeah that's cool i'm glad to be involved in one of the top five i think that um one of the top five will be like oh i hope we break into the top five again when we do the single yeah if we still do the single 
And maybe um, that maybe we use this as uh, the recording of you singing to yourself in the piano. Maybe we use this as the basis of the single. Maybe you know? it could be that, or it could be the jingle for season two. <laughs> <laughs> the Travis show, we- tra- Travis show. Listen to the Travis <laughs> show. I've been singing it to myself all week. Like, yeah, people are like, I, I, I was out at one point this week with a mate and I was going, and he goes, why do you keep saying this? What is this? And I was like, oh, you find out Wednesday. Oh, dear. Are you allowed out now? Yeah. 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 We're out. We're out. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I won't make any comments on the situation because people should not be looking to Travis Pepper for quarantine advice. So. Um, no, look it up. Do you, look it up yourself. Don't don't listen to me. Have you got any advice on what's going on in America at the moment? Jesus Christ, have you seen that? I've mm, <sighs> yeah, I've been. I've 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 seen it as as in I've seen all the like um like what people. This is the thing. I see most of it from people's statuses and stuff like that, and I'm going okay. What what like? So and, yeah. and of course, if if I start getting annoyed annoyed at it, I need to go look up like you know what actually happened as opposed to what people are saying. And yeah, it's crazy, man. Like it, lo- it looks pretty much like murder to me. Like, I don't see how you can see it any other way. Yeah. I think it's awful. I think it's absolutely awful. Like there's a geezer on the ground with handcuffs on, like do me a favor. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need his neck being pressed on. Like that's just, that's just stupid. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't have caused any trouble if he was just on the floor. Like if he had had, I don't know. I don't even know if there's a, I don't, I don't even think I can justify it. I was going to try and defend it, but I don't even know if I can. I was going to say like, Proper even devil's if advocate was, there, yeah. Like, well, still. I was going to try, but I, I don't think I can because no. the guy's handcuffed, you know, the guy's handcuffed. He's no threat to anybody. Obviously you don't know how that situation has come about, which is like, yeah, you should go and look at that. But that clip of him mm. on, on George's neck, you're just like, that's, that's awful. Yeah. I think that, I think the, the um the most contrasting thing for me is like they've had um uh people who've shot up schools being arrested like they stood there in handcuffs and it's like you know obviously you've got someone who was with an automatic re- weapon killing people yep. you don't need to stand yep. on their necks you know like like yeah. you've done your job you've done enough you've got them whatever so i don't know it's like this would be an interesting time to talk about the book that we're reading, but we're going to save that for another week. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that. Do you know what? Talking about that book, next week is going to be already one hell of an episode. Like, not mm. saying this week's not going to be good. Yeah, this week's going to be shit. Um, but, like, no, <laughs> next. <laughs> this week's yeah. going to be a load of tripe. Just do the jingle now and then end it. Like, end the episode after yeah. the jingle. Right, guys. Um, that's been nice. Um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the Travis Pepper Show. Um, join us next week because it's going to be week. decent this is it's like the really pre good. the pre this, this is episode pre seven <laughs> this is this is not episode six it's the uh, yeah intro to episode seven <laughs> it's the it's the intro before all things get crazy because yeah I'm not going to dive into it but the book that we're reading is going to be great for discussion next week yeah that's all I'm going to say mm, mm. this is going to be wicked 
So yeah, t- tune in uh, next week whilst we discuss uh, Invisible Women. That would be good. But let's get into this week. Yeah, we've got cool things to talk about. Yeah. Big time. So should we should we actually run the jingle then? You, this is your favourite thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run the jingle. If you sometimes feel like a moron, don't worry, we've got one too. Because we're not that clever, but we make it all up with our can-do attitude. So if you like a bit of banter with me and this old wanker, we've got just the thing for you. We've got lots of content and it won't make sense. It's the Travis Pepper Show. Uh, like the problem is we had that ready uh, not ready steady jingle we had the i am the music man one which again was so organic and like you can't top that now yeah so maybe every week we just depress that was our organic jingle and this week it's like the full of pesticides jingle it's just not as good it's a horrible (laughs) it's a horrible sad we've this episode has started on such downer we're like talking about death we're talking about rising in america we're saying it's going to be shit and next week's going to be better and we've had a really bad jingle intro so Okay. You know, we need to turn this around. Lift it up. Lift it higher, <laughs> higher. Um, we will do. And I think I know the best way. Yeah. Oh, go on. What's well, the best way? It, like, it, let's talk about someone whose entire uh, career at the moment is about inspiring people to do things yes. and be better. So, James Lawrence, I hope you inspire me to be better on this podcast right now because we need to bring this back. Yeah, we do. And he's uh, he's definitely a character that is open to discussion. Um, for anybody that's not listened to previous episodes, James Lawrence is uh, known as the Iron Cowboy. He took on the challenge of running 50 Ironman races or triathlons. Triathlons, yeah. Triathlons, yeah. 50 Ironman triathlons in 50 consecutive days across the 50 different states of America. And I gave him to Travis and said, check this guy out. Um, I think I gave you the documentary, which you had trouble getting to. So whatever you've done, whether it's documentary, read books, listen to podcasts. Yeah, man. What are your thoughts? Well, I don't listen to any podcasts apart from my own. So... This is... Um... Is that sad? That's a bit sad. <laughs> That's I, not allowed. I do listen to some other podcasts. But what was... I could just, sorry, I could just, ima- I could just imagine your mates being like, oh yeah, if you listen to this podcast, you're like, podcast? What's a podcast? Nah, never heard of a podcast. I, just, I know this thing called the Travis Pepper Show, but a podcast? <laughs> By the way, <laughs> listen to this me. new album, uh, James, uh, this is you. Mm. <laughs> yeah it is oh, right yeah. sorry back to James back to back James to, Lawrence back to, go, back go, to go. the uh, more inspiring James at the moment the, so the matter at hand what was really interesting was basically I got given a lunatic after a lunatic in in some way because the person I was uh, looking at just before we started looking at the Iron Cowboy was Alex Honnold from uh, Free Solo so it was quite okay. interesting to compare the two because they've both done things really, really ambitious, but they have very different, they're very different people. Like, I don't know if I could, uh, they'd sit down and have a conversation or how it would go or anything like that, but they, um, they have the same goal to achieve something that hasn't been achieved before, which I think is awesome. And so that's, that's true. Yeah. And, but they, they had a different approach to it. And so I think, 
there's a story about um, James Lawrence about how he, um, he the, the way he realized that he could uh, push himself was is part of this fairground ride that he had to stay on for like 10 days. Like you get on this oh, yeah. fairground ride. If you stay on there for 10 days, you win something. Um, it was uh, like some money and he managed to do it. And then he realized from that moment on how much he could push himself. Um, Mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, what was quite interesting is, um, so I read the book and I also watched the documentary and I'll talk about some different things that I took away from both um, as well. But what was quite interesting was that he wasn't actually doing a lot of these challenge, these fitness things from a love of the sport. He wasn't running because he likes running and stuff because he actually talks about how his wife thought he was pathetic when they ran their first, uh, 10k together and he was like in agony and she was right, just okay. like that's pathetic like what are you doing you can't even run a, you do all this fitness stuff but you can't even run a 10k da, 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 da. um yeah and she signed them up to like more things and he wasn't doing it because he loved the running or anything he just was like i i can do this and i can push myself to it and it was yep. i think it was after they did they did a marathon and his wife was like cool i'm done i don't need to do any more and then he was like, I didn't find my breaking point. And so that's when he started to look at, um, he got into the cycling as well uh, and the swimming. He doesn't like swimming either, but he found that yeah. having the contrast of the three different events meant that he would, um, he enjoyed the triathlon. And so that's how he found the triathlon. So he started to look at um, how much he could push himself. And uh, I think the first time he did, uh, he, he got the world record back in something like 2012 for, um, the most half Ironman triathlons uh, in one year. And it was like 30 or something like that. Um, I, th- I, can't I, I think that, I think that was Ironman. I think that was full Ironman. I don't think that was half. I think, I think, I think he held the, I think in, in a calendar year, he did 33 and then he was like, that's not good enough. So I'm going to do 50 back to back on 50. Well, it, I, I know days. it was, he looked he he'd never done an Ironman before, and then he did the half marathon, uh, uh, half Ironman world records. He then got another world record, and I can't remember exactly what it was for. But then when yeah. he did this fifty fifty fifty, he realised that in doing the fifty fifty, and this is quite an interesting point of the book of how he talks about this. When he got to the point, in, in he's doing this in fifty days. When he got to the mm-hmm. point that he'd done more uh, Ironman than the world record for a year. That meant nothing to him. Yeah, it's crazy. Because that's not what he was trying to achieve. He was trying to find his breaking point. So he's a very interesting man. Um, from the book, I got he's he's a very religious man. Um, I think he's Mormon. Yes, yeah, he is. And he is a religious man. That kind of faith, re- I think really, from what I could tell from reading the book, really had an effect on how he approached this. And when he got his injuries, like every chapter was like a new injury in this book. Every, every single one was just like, ah, he's almost at the point where toes are falling off now. And you're like, yeah, what? And the thing is, he goes, he's there ignoring all of this advice. Doctors are like, you should rest for three days. And he's like, "Mm okay. Okay. And he, and he, and he sits with his, his wife and he focuses himself. And he, I think he's the embodiment of mind over matter. And yeah, he channels that one through of his the embodiments over so that. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, which I think is crazy. I think it's fantastic. 
Um, um, but th- another thing that made this really interesting uh, with this mind over matter, if I bring this back to an, uh, some earlier episodes that we spoke about, we talked about alter egos. I know exactly where you're going here. <laughs> I know exactly right? where you're going. And so, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is this moment in the book where he's, I think it's, well, he was talking about his state and I'm there reading, empathizing and going like, mate, come on, he mustn't have much left. And then it was revealed it was race 30 out of 50. And I was like, he's got 20 more left. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's I was mad. Like, How can he feel like this? And he was curled up on yeah. the side of the road head in his arms and he was thinking of quitting and he he kind of was like he started thinking of all these things and he was like thinking of the sponsors and everyone he put money in and he was like oh i'm gonna let them down and then he thought of his kid one of his kids he's got loads of kids um uh five yeah five kids four girls i'm gonna guess one little boy four girls one boy yeah that's what i'd say agreed and i think it was the oldest girl who had been um, she'd been running a 5k every day, the last 5k with him. And he was like, That's if true. I bail now, she's not going to run this 5k. And he could not stomach the idea of letting her down. And in the book, right. so he doesn't say this in the documentary, but in the book, he basically goes, I need to get up. I need to feel no pain. I'm a robot. I'm a monster. I'm, and he starts listing these things. And the last one he goes, I am the iron cowboy. And I was like, that's the alter ego. You don't yeah, well, he, <laughs> he says in a podcast, um, by the way, sorry, like you, th- this is just going to take it back by about five minutes, but you mentioned the Ferris wheel thing. Skipped mm-hmm. over that so quick. Like I, the Ferris wheel thing, he sat on a Ferris wheel for 10 days and he was allowed two 10 minute breaks every day. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'd survive. I'd have pissed myself. I'd have honestly, yeah, I, myself. I would not. You'd have be- had to go for a, like we break a couple of times in the middle. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. So that, that that was the that was one of the craziest things. I was like, how did he sit on there for ten days and get ten minutes twice a day to eat, we wash all the rest of it? Like that's mm. ridiculous. But going back to your Iron Cowboy thing, um, yeah, he he met, like on a podcast I listened to, he he spoke about a token as well because he said it was his glasses. So he's like, I put the glasses on. But the Iron Cowboy name, he said on this podcast I was listening to, I've not read the book, so I don't know if he says this in the book, but he says that the Iron Cowboy name came from when he was running one of the earlier Ironmans. He, he used to run with a cowboy hat on to, uh, so his kids could spot him. Yeah, they gave, they gave him this hat because they wanted to be able to see him. And so it just kind of... Yeah. And I think someone from the, one of the onlookers shouted, Go on, cowboy! And right, he just kind of okay. went... Yeah, sure. <laughs> this, is, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny how enough, that but... became his alter ego at one point. And yeah. he says in the books as well that um, from that point on, he realized that people were looking at him like he was a different person. And at that point on, he was the Iron Cowboy because the Iron Cowboy yeah. was the only person that could finish this race. And yeah. it, it's like alter ego in context. I think it's brilliant. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's now he, he's a cool character. But like when I was listening to him talk about his alter ego, one thing that like the guy was like, "How do you switch it on?" Like the guy that was interviewing him was, "How do you switch it on?" And he was like, "I don't know, man. We'll just turn it on." I was like, "That is so not helpful." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I, I, like, I want to know 
from you, how you turn it on. And he spoke about, I put the glasses on and I become, and he was like, how do you do that? How do you flip that switch? And he was mm. like, I don't know, just do it. I was like, excellent. Now I've heard that. I know exactly what I'm going to do yeah. um, next time. But I did think that as well. I thought it was very funny how it all kind of um, linked. How yeah. it all, all kind of tie, yeah, links, it ties in. Um, I think we'll come across that theme a lot. But mm. um, he's crazy. Did you, so two questions for you okay. on the Iron Cowboy. The first one is the incident with the cross trainer. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so so basically what happened was um, on one of the days he was suffering from an injury, which meant that he needed to reduce the impact on his uh, knees, I think it was, or the balls of his feet. And Whatever so instead was, of running yeah. on a treadmill, he ran on a cross trainer and um, he got a load of stick for it, didn't he? Yeah, and so he didn't run the marathon. He did tw- whatever the marathon is, 26.3 miles on a cross trainer. Like, so... The majority of the time, I don't actually have the stats on this, but the majority of the time he's outside. Um, but due to then weather some conditions like, and stuff like that, they needed they needed to move it inside for certain things like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, and then there was a period where he did the marathons on treadmills because um, the weather, like you say, and, and and a marathon on a treadmill must be mind-numbingly boring. Like that must be crazy boring. It must actually be better to run it outside. And then there's the one day. When he didn't run it, he did 26 miles on a cross trainer. And he mm. got a lot of shit for it, like you said. And um, it, that is such a toughie in my head because no doubt what he's done is amazing. Like he's done something that's incredible. Yeah. And, and you go, does that just take the cherry off the top? I, I don't know if I could live with that. that. I think it would bug me. I know it's so small and I'm not putting down what he's done at all because if i did one iron man i'd be chuffed to bits this dude's done 50 back to back across different yep. states he's had to he's had to travel he's had minimal sleep you know like he, he, he finishes an iron man he doesn't just go to bed and get up and start in the same place he has to move overnight to the next state um, yeah i mean there were nights where he got like one hour of sleep or something like that because and it was in the back of a van and like so it is he's incredible but it would it would eat me alive i think like that well, would be a little niggle and I'd be like, oh. Well, for me, as someone who never wants to do this, um, and just looking on, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe my opinion is slightly th- warped because my first encounter with him was reading what was going through his mind. It was his book. Um, okay. And so, to me, it was like, um, from what I've picked up, a cross trainer from like a full body thing. Is a lot more difficult to do twenty six miles. Body thing. <laughs> well, you got it's, it's a bit more. I don't know. You should be a personal trainer. Go um, over there, and if you could step onto the full body thing and, and then some... do the wiggle with the hands, and <laughs> yeah, and then like one in front and then back. Nice, cool. Got it. Love the technique. <laughs> but oh, it's, sorry, carry on. It's, it, it's meant to be more difficult than doing twenty six miles on um, a treadmill. But the reason why he switched was because it was a sp- specific to an injury. So I was a bit like, eh, okay, like you can justify it. Cool. But I didn't think that was the actual point. Like, I feel that like the only reason they needed to justify it was to the haters, but to himself, he was like, I'm, I'm still on my journey to find my breaking point. Like, yeah. You know, it's, 
he's trying to find a mental breaking point as a, mm. and how that links with his physical breaking point as well. So Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if you can say it was like he was trying to keep his himself in the best state to reach that spot, but yeah, I get I get where the haters are coming from and I get his justification for it. For me, I'm just like good on you. All right. Wow. You're just um, too nice, basically. I, I'm I'm pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You are very nice. And and I, and, I, and I don't know that one. It's a real toughie. Like, it's such a small thing in such a grand operation that he's a cheater. Grand operation, like, like his challenge. His, his challenge. It's such a small part of it. Um, did you? Did he talk about the IV stuff as well? Um, yeah. In the book. And the, the just that's I got, another. The just, the just I got from one, that I was that the. Um, um, they offer IVs to people after every Iron Man, anyway. So he was just Do taking they? one. In. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like you can, know you that. Can get because... one, like as it, as in it's. I think it's part of the. Um, not. I don't know. Like, I didn't look too much into the actual running of the Iron Man, but it. You know, they have people there with IVs because it's part of the recovery. Some people need it, and so he, if he had right. to recover. And that was why he did it. So yeah, I don't know. Because the only the only thing with that is is obviously it's illegal from like Wada's perspective. So the World Anti Doping um, Authority. Oh, but they changed it they, now. Are they you changed sure? The rules. Yeah, they changed the rules and said that he was due to this. Uh, they've they 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 reviewed it. They said it was right. fine, and they've adjusted the rules for more specific cases similar to James's. So um, okay, like if you're just doing an Iron Man. And you want it to be the fastest Iron Man. You can't have an IV in your arm, but because his right. challenge was completely unrelated to the time and the finishing of this Iron Man, you know, it was it didn't matter. And so that's they changed in- the rules. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because because again, I kind of like I'm a little bit on the fence of it, and I'm like, well, do you know what? Fair enough, mate. Because you could probably give me bionic legs, and I still wouldn't do fifty Iron Man in fifty <laughs> consecutive days. Do you well, know I what I mean? Thinking so- about us and me and you, and I was thinking. What, how would we participate in this? What, what what role would we take in something like this? And it was easy. We'd be the wingmen. I know what it is. Oh no, I was thinking we'd we'd do a podcast every day, so he's got something to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I think you get annoyed. I think you get annoyed as a, a person. Get pissed off. <laughs> he quits by day two because like, I can't deal with this shit in yeah. my life. I was anymore. Get so yeah, I was there. reading the book and I was like, oh, how do we get involved? And then he just said this story about how. Uh, um, Casey and Aaron just jumped out of a, a bush uh, in um, like full just iron cowboy speedos and then just leapt around in front of everybody trying to raise their spirits and I was like yep that's my loop that's how we'll help yeah <laughs> contribute I can, to I the do logistics no 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 logistics no none of that um, dancing in uh, toilet roll bikinis toilet roll bikinis Sorted. nice really good shout don't think it's practical for the run though but Oh really? Um, my favourite bit was together. the um, uh, they had a kayak on top of a van, and one of them drove the van up beside them, or whilst they were cycling, and the other one was just there, like paddling, going, "Are we going to make it? Are we going to make it?" <laughs> just like on top of the van instead. Um, that just lifting up. spirits. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I mean, we, we need to find spirits. we need to find our James Lawrence so we can support him. Do you think we could get we could get one of our lot mm. to do something world breaking, and we'll just be there for the ride? Maybe I we would say. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of someone. Mm. I'm guessing Cameron's probably going to be your best shout, isn't he? 
Yeah, well, we'll, we'll send him an email and force him to break. Yeah, a word send record. him a message. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say shelf head, but he doesn't run. His, his ankle's knackered, so oh, he's a no excuses. go. Yeah, he's would, another good. He'd he's have another to good use the cross trainer, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would. He would. So we'll scrap him. Pathetic. Yeah. Get him out of here. Push yeah. him to the side. So I feel. So yeah, I really enjoyed like engaging with this journey of uh, of uh, the Iron Cowboys, and I think to 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 end my part of my opinion of this is what I really liked is he's still involved in a lot of charity work and a lot of this is based in charity. And one of the things yes. that he was doing um, and what he says, he, he's um, he in the book, someone was talking to him and a lot of what the book made the book really nice was uh, which they don't do in the documentary is each chapter basically has a story about someone else who was there mm-hmm. and their reasons for being there. And that really showed an insight of to what he was paying attention to in these people. And I was more touched by the stories of these other people that would just try to spend a bit of time with the Iron Cowboy than I was with his whole story. And I think he'd probably feel the same in a way. But he'd, um, he said someone was talking about, he bumped into someone who was smoking. And, mm. he, and he was like, oh, he shouldn't be doing that in his head. But he, he decided he wasn't going to say anything about it. Uh, he's going to show you like what you need to do. And then he went and mm-hmm. ran his race. And that happened again when he was talking to, um, he had this person who wanted to run the whole marathon with him. They hadn't done it uh-huh. before. And like he stopped for a wee break, came back out and he's like, where's she gone? And his mate mm-hmm. goes, she couldn't stop. She had to keep running. Like she, she just couldn't stop. And he was like, oh shit, runs after her and they run together and he doesn't say anything like, you need to do this. You need to, th- maybe you should quit. He doesn't give anything. He just runs next to her and he's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to show you. And so at the end of the documentary in the book, he's, he said, this was his, him finding his breaking point. This was finding his thing. His mum's was doing f- three, five Ks or something like that in the last yeah, 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 few yeah. days. So he says, what is your 50-50-50? Find it and fight for it. Because sometimes you just have to fight for it and i was like cool i like it really well summarized and i agree yeah sometimes you yeah. Do just have to so so my 50 50 50 is getting out of bed sitting on the sofa watching yep. netflix Done. yeah cheers exactly. cheers james <laughs> you're welcome well as long as you kill uh, it mate i'm proud of you <laughs> that's the main thing i was actually taught i will always call you travis so i was actually talking about james lawrence but i can see why you got confused it's easy yeah. that happens when your real name is actually james um do you know dude do you know what i can i forgot like i i was really excited to find out about it and i didn't even ask you so like if we got time to quickly check in on the old tinder marketing yeah there's I so guess much i want to ask you actually well but it's a, this was this is a bit annoying so i moved to our scandinavian areas Right, yeah. Most of the people I matched with were people who weren't in the Scandinavia areas. But um right. a couple of people said they'd check it out. Um but I was getting a like not not too many matches and then I just suddenly got a load of matches over Saturday night. So today. Um so I sent some messages off. One person has said uh yeah, I'll check it out. I I said um, Nice. Hello, Travis here. <laughs> Uh, you seem like the adventurous type. I was wondering if you're ready to check out the brand new podcast, Travis Pepper Mentoring a Moron. Are you ready? And so, yeah, they said, 
It's nice. <laughs> I like it. Cool. No. Oh, there <laughs> um, we go. Like, because I was looking and we've had like quite a few listens in Canada. I was like, that's a weird one. Like, yeah. Coming from I Canada. Think one of one, one and, person was Canada. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think, I think the person in Canada listened to every episode. Um, <laughs> but, and that got me thinking, I wonder if it's better to go for English um, speaking countries. Like, that'd be interesting to see when, as it progresses, if actually, do you know what, it's better to go for English speaking countries because, like, I'm a nightmare to understand if you're English. So if you don't well, speak the, English yeah, and then you yeah. don't understand me. That's what a couple of Germans have said. But um, I mean, some what, of the people who well, they can't it, understand my accent. <laughs> they were like, oh, I think it's nice, but your oh. mate's voice, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, oh. that's so bad, isn't it? So we'll get you some Bless eloquency me. lessons for next uh, season. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so it's, it's not the, it's, it's not the sound of it. It's the way that I speak. I don't know. Sound. I don't know. They were just like, it just took to a while. Like you really need to concentrate for some, some parts. And I, was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, that's because oh, he's a geezer. <laughs> right. But, being um, a squeezer geezer. Squeezer. But, um, we, we had a couple of people from, um, East Asia who actually liked it. So maybe it might be good to pop over there for a bit, but someone who, yeah, someone going. from the first bit of Tinder marketing just popped up yesterday and went, so how's the Tinder marketing going? And I was like, oh, <laughs> someone, oh, so I was actually curious. So I yeah, gave, gave her a breakdown of it. And I was like, we've got that's your quality. statistics in there. Thank you very much. Um, oh, so, that's excellent. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Mate, continue on. Rome wasn't built in a day, my man. Like, yeah. keep going, keep plugging away with so, it. So where should and, we go uh, next? Movie time, isn't it? Has it got to be movie time? Or do you want to go to the Frozen Apes? Oh, well, I feel like I've talked for quite a bit, and so maybe we get your movie done. My movie done. Yeah. Yeah, super interesting. So, like, I had to watch... Um, sorry, I'm going to have a quick shuffle. I had to watch the uh, Mr. Fantastic, was it called? Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. Do you know why it's this called that? Well. <laughs> 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 Start my movie review. I've got the name wrong already. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, why is it called that? I don't know. I think it's like you, you know, you get those movies that just have a title that's completely unrelated to um, what it is. I don't know. Maybe there's. Yeah, you should have looked this up. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. well, I did. I, I I couldn't I couldn't figure out why it was called Captain Fantastic. So yeah, right. I did make a little note. I was like, I, I don't understand why it's called that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for anybody that's not seen Captain Fantastic, to give you the quick synopsis, it is a film about a family that are living off the grid. So they're raising their kids away from society. They basically think that the machine is the devil, so to speak. And um, they're, the mum passes away. So that leaves the dad and the dad goes on a mission with the kids to go to the funeral, um, which is being run by his wife's family so they're running a christian funeral when that's not what the dad believes should happen oh and yeah. it's this intre- yeah. yeah it's this interesting tale around the whole premise of the film is it's a really interesting tale around how these kids and the dad that are not part of society integrate with the modern day i guess yeah um, and like the, f- the, f- the first thing that they're shocked about is how fat everyone is to give an example so they're really lean they're really outdoorsy and they go into the city and they see all these fat Americans and they're just like blown away by how obese people are. So that's the kind of uh, play that they do. But when I was, so mate, this film 
took me through like a roller coaster of emotions. Like I don't do lot I don't do lots of different emotions in the year. I like try to stick to one. <laughs> I've got one emotion that I'm comfortable with. What emotion was it this pl- year then? <laughs> well, it's the same that I've been running for the last 20 years. I think I got to the age of like eight years old and I was like, right, this emotion's working. Let's stick with it. Um, <laughs> don't change the game plan. Just keep going. So, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll, um, and, and we'll this get you film, to a psychiatrist at some point for that. Uh, anyway. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this, is a cry, this is a cry for help. Um, this film took me through different emotions and I came to the end of it and I was like, I feel emotionally exhausted and I went through it again and I was like I'm going to write down all the different emotions so here we go the emotions of Luke right or the the moron as we go through the film the first scene okay. like d- deer in the woods deer's walking through the woods happy days um kid with face paint comes out of the bushes slits the deer's throat and that is like fully visible isn't it like so like yeah. the deer's throat just gets slit straight away and I was like wasn't expecting that kind of film. So that was the the kind of shock emotion, right? So initially it was yeah. shock. Deer's throats get slit. Um, not sure where this is going. Then okay, cool. like number one, 30, deer shock. 30, deer shock is number one. <laughs> number two is the the then the dad obviously feeds the deer's heart to the child and the child eats the deer's heart. So I was like that's kind of disturbing and slightly grim, if I'm honest, to watch this kid eat this 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 heart. But the whole premise is that it's the coming of the man, right? He's become a man because he's 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 killed the deer. Mm-hmm. The third thing was then that the mum dies. So, like that is just utterly heartbreaking. The mum the mum slits her wrists and kills herself. So the dad and the dad is super honest. That's one of the things that's interesting about the film is the dad is so honest and has conversations with the kids, the young kids around what sex is, what rape is, like all the things that you would think you would hide from kids. He believes that you be honest and tell them. And uh, I kind of live by that. Like, a little I was going to say this resonates with yeah. a lot of your mantra. And I was I, when I recommended this film, I was quite interested to find your take on that as well and how you came about it so this is quite interesting yeah well i i thought it's a fair play you know kids are going to find out eventually um they, they've got to learn that the, the world isn't perfect and all the rest of it so he kind of goes in there and says yeah your mum's died she slit her wrists um and killed herself and they're all like hysterically in tears um so like kids crying i've written kids crying not ideal <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was the third emotion kids die <laughs> kids crying not ideal so then like obviously the mum's dead they're like everybody's sad and um the, the dad's like you know grandpa's told me we can't come to the funeral if we come to the funeral i'm getting arrested and the kid's like dad let's go let's go and then he like they're driving this van that they live in and he switches on the radio and there's some like super inspiring bagpipes um, that like just start blur, blur, like blaring out the speakers. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go to this funeral. So all of a sudden you've gone from like kids crying, like really not ideal to inspiring like, joy and inspiring bagpipes. I've written, I've written in capital letters. It's on exclamation mark, nice. exclamation mark. That's how it made me feel. So uh, they go charging into the city and they start this big journey um, mate, I've got quite a few of these. Should we go? Do you want to go? Are you sure you want to go for them all? I'm just looking. How many more have I well, got? I don't get a choice. Four, you just started five, ro- rolling six, them off. <laughs> eight. 
It says um, eight, but I okay. whipped through them pretty quickly. Okay, cool. So the, the next emotion was uh, a guy, the guy, the, one of the kids proposes to a girl that he's just met. That's like <laughs> yeah. super, or, super awkward and embarrassing. And you're like cringing. And it's very in-betweeners um, style. And then they go to the funeral. And after the funeral, the, throughout the whole of the, that part of the film, the family are basically portraying the dad as a nutter. So this is what I thought was really interesting. At the start, you really like him. Yeah. And there's a bit in the middle where, where the family are like, you're really bad. This is, this is basically like child abuse and you're not doing right by your kids. So you start to feel like, actually, I liked this character. I don't like him anymore because he's abusing his kids. And then he, he decides to leave. So I'm like, okay, now I'm sad again because the dad's <laughs> like, I'm hurting the kids. I've got to go. And he disappears. But then like three minutes later, he parks up, he shaves his beard. He's starting to change his ways a little bit, you feel. And then the kids have been hiding in the bus. So the kids <laughs> come out of the bus and you're happy again. You're like, hey, the kids are here. Everything's cool. And then they're like, let's go and dig up mum. So I'm like, well, this is getting weird again. So they go and they <laughs> dig up. <laughs> so yeah. then it's, then they, the, that emotion was fucking, this is just weird. And they're digging up a body. Um, they then... And then, and then they, and then there's probably my favorite. I say it was my favorite scene. Like you know, they they obviously burn the mum's body. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole thing about the, the Christian family wants to bury her, but she wanted to be cremated, and yeah. they bury her. The kids sing um, "Sweet Child of Mine," Guns and Roses. It's such a weird death scene because you feel so like euphoric, and you're like, "Wow, they're burning their mum," which should be super weird but I'm super happy about it. Like yeah. it feels right. Like that they're burning her. And then when you're happy again, they take it weird because they go and flush her at, they flush her ashes down the toilet. Um, so the kids go and they flush the ashes down the toilet, which is quite a funny scene. But I laughed at that. And then at the end, it goes back to being happy because the dad lives in the house. He kind of has a balance then of being in society, but still living off the land, you know, yeah. big, garden where he's you know he's doing the ron finley thing and he's growing his his vegetable extravaganza Mate. which is very cool yeah um and you end on like well the happy medium seemed to fit everybody in the end um so all these emotions that I went through shock disturbingly grim heartbreaking kids crying not ideal bagpipes <laughs> it's on awkward and embarrassing the dad's a nutter he's hurting them the kids are hiding in the bus i'm happy <laughs> the kids are hiding in the bus i'm happy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, out of context. Oh, dear. They're, they're digging up their mum. This is fucking weird again. They've flushed her down the toilet, which is actually quite funny. And yeah. then he's built a vegetable extravaganza. So, mm. happy days. That's really interesting that was, to hear that was your way about That was my take that. of the film. That's really cool. Because uh, uh, like, I'm glad you've mentioned it at the end, because what I found very interesting about the film was, you, like you said you start rooting for him. He's the main character. You're on yes. his side and you're like, yeah, he's doing a great job. These kids are great. They seem awesome. Yeah. They're having a great time. Yeah. What a good guy. Screw society. Society's crap. This is the way we should be living. And then yep. you start to see the other side of the argument as well. We're through the grandparents yep. and you're there going, Oh, okay. And then, you know, you start to doubt, you start to have doubts. And I, and I love a movie with the flawed, main character like i don't like it when someone's perfect it's much better this way yeah. and this was really really interesting how it commented on society from both points of view both perspectives 
and no one was yeah no one is the the bad guy in it you know it's yeah different side no one is the bad guy and mm. and he tries to um they, they they obviously portray him as the bad guy and you know there's a scene where his father-in-law the grandfather is saying basically it's child abuse the kids have got injuries the kids are not socializing with other kids they're not going to school they're not getting opportunity and you're basically holding them back in life and you and you sit there because at the start you're like yeah this is such a cool way to live and then you sit there and go shit like actually is is this right um but then it obviously all circles back round again at the end um because i think that's what's cool about the ending is they meet in the middle yeah right? mm. he the dad realizes that's what's cool about it it goes back to the um Dale Carnegie thing of kind of like compromise, you know, like you, you end up, he, he actually, everybody learned from that film, you know, yeah. the, 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 the family, the family learned that maybe they were a bit too extreme and he was a bit too extreme and everybody meets in the middle. But, um, do you know what I found myself doing in the film, which is really odd. I don't know why I did this, but okay. I was looking for things. I was looking for things in the film and I was like, how does this link back to the podcast? I was like, oh, this is the perfect film for the podcast. And I was like, this is the reason why. I was like, they go rock climbing in it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the, <laughs> the Alex Hanold thing. I was like, the dad just doesn't give a fuck about society and what people think of him. So it's like Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. He ends up with like vegetable extravaganza at the end. So like he's channeling his Ron Finley. I, I think there was, I can't remember what else, but I was like naming, I was trying to link it all to the podcast. Um, but on the whole, mate, I really enjoyed it. Nice. I think it's very different to anything I would have picked for myself, mm. as I'm sure you will probably agree with after you review um, the film that I gave you. Yeah. Uh, because that is a stereotypical Luke film to watch. Okay. But on the whole, yeah. mate, I must say, really good film. And I would recommend it to anybody. So if you've not seen it, Mr. Fantastic. Oh, no, not Mr. Fantastic. Captain, Captain Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, well, it was going so... St you started weak. You, kind of, you, you brought it back towards the middle. You had some really good uh, uh, feedback there about heart is disgusting, mum heartbreak, kids cry, not ideal. Uh, but then you kids got, yeah, in forgot the, the name again. <laughs> so, on, so on that note, can I do my little wee break now and then come back and um, do you, talk about your film? Do you, do you actually need a wee? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I've drank so much water today. I apologise. Oh Is that okay? Gosh. I'm gonna. I'm a, right, I'll yeah. be super quick. I'll be super quick. Okay, cool. One week, I'm gonna get this right, and I'm not gonna fuck anything up. All right. Just slipping on my shoes. It, can you can you sing a bit? But then I'll be good. We can uh, we can cut this. Sorry, mate. I do. I do apologise. In the um, <laughs> in in the in the moron society, you know, we said last week about pledging allegiance. Um, day seven is not the day of rest; it's day of hydration. So, you've caught me <laughs> on a Sunday. Day of hydration today, so that's why I constantly need a wee. But um, my man, um, that was obviously my take on your Mister uh, Captain Fucking Hell, Captain Fantastic. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I've got Mr. Fantastic in my head. I don't know where that's come from. Well, is um, it because we got recommended the... Mr. Tickle uh, for the books? <laughs> you're just thinking... Well, that's how simple my mind is. I'm you're, so you're... excited to read Mr. Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, cool. The Gentleman. Yes, The Gentleman. Talk to me. So, Guy Ritchie, 
Question for you okay. to kick off. Did you realise or did you spot that in the opening scene, the, the, the beer that is poured from the bar is branded G. Ritchie? Did you spot that? No, I did not. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't spot it. My brother spotted it. But he pointed out that when he, pull, when, he, when he pulls the pint in the opening scene, the brand of the lager is, uh, well, it's a beer, isn't it? It's like an ale, is um, G. Ritchie. But sorry, you should be, you should be doing the <laughs> review, not me. <laughs> so, Luke, tell me, what did I think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> you loved it, basically. You thought there's lots of, lots of guns, there's lots of cockney. Um, yeah, it was, it was like you. Lots of twists and Lots of you in a movie. Uh, so, um, yeah, so, gentlemen, it's, it's about uh, this uh, gangster, this this guy who's this drug dealer, uh, and kind of like how he's what he's doing to basically retire in the in the movie. But he wants to retire; he, he wants to move on, and so he's trying to sell off his resources and stuff like that. So I yeah. always, I do like a movie which like so it starts with not the final scene, but it starts with a scene that gets gets your brain wandering, uh, which is the scene uh-huh. of him in the pub. And so you got, and then it kind of it tells the story retrospectively. So mm-hmm. Hugh Grant, his um, his character um, Fletcher has gone to see a guy called Raymond Smith, and basically tell him that basically blackmails him. And I love yep. Hugh Grant's character. I Very think good, isn't he? He's so good, amazing. He's a disgusting yeah. human being. <laughs> <laughs> but it is he's so fun to watch and there's the opening dialogue the the thing that hooked me because um like from the beginning was Hugh Grant turns up in uh, Charlie Hunnam's house and uh, mm-hmm. he says he goes oh, oh Raymond play a game with me and he's oh, that's like, quite good and he and Ray's, Ray's like you know no I'm not going to play a game with you and uh he's like no go on play a game with me he's like no 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 Ray Play a fucking game with me, and he, go, and he goes, <laughs> goes all serious, and you just, I'm just like, oh, all right, okay, Ooh, okay, and so throughout the movie, the story is told from Fletcher and Ray uh, throughout it, and they go back and they go to look at uh, uh, Mickey Pearson, who's who's the main drug dealer guy. Um, so the thing, that, so it started really strong. The thing I struggled with. Is oh, I think there's a lot of tropes in it. So there's a lot of what's that mean? T- typical drug dealer films, and I was like, oh, cool, all right, the Chinese gangsters against those gangsters, right? Okay, cool, done. And I thought a lot of the um, a lot of the script was a bit contrived. It was a bit like when they're talking, they go, "What's the name of the um, the uh, the guy who's trying to buy his?" Um, Oh, I can't remember. Bing. Is it I know what you mean. The the other American dude, the yeah, Jew, Jer- the Jeremy Jewish Strong. Man. Um Jeremy Strong. Uh, it's, it's yeah, yeah, Jeremy Strong's the the actor. Um but basically I'll look it up while you're waffling. Um the two of them are like having this conversation and it's one of those typical like dancing with the words and stuff. It's like they don't really mean what they mean, and I'm just a bit like Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Right. And and it felt like a lot of time like they were just trying to fit as many cool lines in there as possible. Um, so I had to deal with that, but then every time it went back to Fletcher and Ray talking, I loved it. I was like, oh yes, Hugh Grant telling his story. So then as things start to pick up, basically 
as the talking starts to stop, <laughs> the movie got better for me as the action started to happen. I thought it was really, really fun. Um, I wasn't a fan of... He plays Matthew. Sorry. Matthew. Sorry. Okay, cool. Um, so I wasn't a fan of um, Mickey Pearson's character and Dry Eye's character. I wasn't too invested you, in you didn't like You didn't like Mickey Pearson? I was a bit like, eh. I've, yeah, I've kind of I seen this guy. Character. I've seen this guy in so many films, though, before. That was the Matthew, thing. Matthew McConaughey, innit? Yeah. But like the character, I've basically seen Mickey Pearson in lots of different films. So... I, I then had to just say, all right, I'm, I'm not here for like this to be groundbreaking. I'm here to just enjoy this. So uh, carry on. And yep. mate, Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> such a good character. This was, I know this was uh, like, this guy was, he's, he's training these kids to be, to fight. And he's, his kids are the people that fuck up these, these kids that he's been training to like box and stuff. Fuck up end up getting involved with the wrong people and then yeah. his character has to deal with the mess and he goes and he, yeah. he, he, he apolog- like the apology scene I was it was such a respectable uh, scene he goes to Raymond and he goes like I can nothing but apologise we can, can return everything they're stupid boys but they're only boys and I owe you and and I'm just there going like wow mad, res- mad respect for a character like this I really don't want him to die yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like please but thing is what what's quite interesting is colin farrell's character i think he is he actually called coach i think he's he's called the coach yeah, yeah he's, co- he's called, coach. i think he's literally called the coach no yeah, yeah he doesn't have a name and so he, he's going he's going around and um he's a he's a he's a fish in a pond full of sharks all of these people are out playing games that are bigger than him but mm-hmm. somehow he establishes himself uh, it's not like he's jumped in and he's got involved and now he's a big player. He's he's there. He doesn't want any part to do with it, but he's not going to be made a mess of. Like they're not going to take him for a ride. Yeah, yeah. And I think the best moment is at the at the end when um everything oh, switches. I know yeah, this is and this is a class bit. Yeah. So so uh, they said um so throughout it, Colin Farrell's like he's not even that significant really in the film. Like he's essential, but he's not the main character um but yeah he's kind of a bit of a fringe isn't he yeah it's weird but he's, he's my, kind he's of my a favorite. fringe character and um, yeah, yeah, yeah actually no i'm Easy. torn i'm torn him and hugh grant's characters Ooh, right okay okay but um, it's so, tough isn't it yeah it is tough and so basically uh colin farrell's coach he 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 says i'll do you some favors um until you feel like the deal is done so the favors that he does throughout the film i won't go into detail because we might watch the film um, but the favors he does uh, at one point, he starts to say it's, it's three strikes and I'm out, then I'm out. Cause Ray goes like, I need you to do something else for me. And this is when all the timeline, it starts to come together and you start, the story starts happening in the present day. And, um, basically, uh, Colin Farrell does his bit, starts to leave and then everyone's about to get jumped, but Colin saves their asses. And there's, he looks at Raybird, he looks up at him and he holds up four fingers <laughs> and then just leaves. So good, and it? I'm just like, this is just a guy who know, like he's bored on the streets and stuff. I haven't even spoken about his, his, his entry street uh, scene. He's, oh, he's that's to, my favorite scene he's about of to the get, whole film. He's about to get shanked in a, a in a, like a deli and he just starts like yeah. giving life lessons. <laughs> Cause there's obviously like, he's up at the counter and he's ordering his like fish and chips on a Friday night or whatever. 
and these youths come in and they start like pushing around and he just turns around and he addresses the rest of the shop and he just turns around and says something like, why did Samela wee in here? <laughs> and, like, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then obviously the lads start ki- kiss, uh, kicking off with him. Um, yeah. But I think, I think my favorite line comes from like, well, I think it's, well, I think one of my favorite lines comes from that bit. He, he tells one of the kids, he's like, lad, calm down. You've got your mouthwash muddled up with cat piss. He says, yeah, I'm just that like, was, oh, that's very you. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> it just killed me. Mm. Um, the other scene that I think is really good um, is the scene with Charlie Hunnan. Now I really like Charlie Hunnan's character, Raymond. Okay. Uh, um, where he is chasing the lad for the phone. And he comes around the corner and the lad tells him to fuck off or whatever. And, and the lad runs into where all his mates are. Yeah. And Charlie Hunnan comes around the corner. Um, that scene, I just like, it really got me. Like he, he goes, he the starts kids reasonable, there. but then yeah. when they don't play ball, yeah. He basically pulls out a big machine gun, doesn't he? Makes them shit themselves. Yeah. And um, we can, we can say spoilers, right? Cause people surely yeah i guess like do we say spoilers at the beginning but um yeah maybe you put a little thing at the beginning that just says we do talk about films so if you're not seeing the films and you don't want to spoil like but yeah um, i can we can we can easily leave enough in there for them to be enjoyed because um there's 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 more that's happening there as well but it's um yeah i think uh so mickey pearson who i was not a fan of towards the end though there's an end scene um in the fridge freezers um where yeah he, that's such a good scene which is a great scene because it's him taking revenge it, it, in a way and i i just i'm a sucker for like the 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 psychological punishment matched with the physical punishment because he's like he tells a guy to uh um you need to carve a pound of you're not coming out of this freezer until you've transferred the money but because you did this as well you've got to carve a pound of flesh out of your own body or you're not coming out. And I'm mm. just like, well, not only does he get a pound of flesh out of his fucking body, but he's got to do it himself. Like, oh, mm. it's it, to me, that's, yeah, yeah. that's far more brutal than just like shooting the guy. So, Be- because what I like about that scene is obviously what I like about Guy Ritchie films is they all intertwine, all the little small stories intertwine and mix up in some way. Mm. And obviously in that scene, it kind of comes together a bit because Hugh Grant's character, Fletcher, has given information on Mickey to the Russian mafia. Mm-hmm. So the Russian mafia come to kill Mickey and he gets in the back of the car and you've got the two Russian gangsters in the front of the car that are like, basically, I'm going to kill you. So he's getting driven off and they're going <laughs> to shoot him. But then because the coach is all caught up in supporting Mickey and Mickey's crowd, his kids that he's brought up, like the, the kids that he's been training to fight, ring him up and say, coach, we're going to sort this problem out. So the kids go to kill Mickey as well. (laughs) But what the kids end up doing is the kids end up shooting the Russian gangsters, mistaking them for Mickey's men and Mickey gets away. So like, I love the, how it all kind of twists and you know, the kids are there to kill Mickey, but they end up saving him just purely by chance from the Russian gangsters. Um, It's stuff like that where I'm like, Oh yeah, Yeah. that's cool. And um, you've not said anything about it, but I wondered if you're going to mention it, but I also think there's some awesome songs in that film as well. The soundtrack for me, um, like even from the opening scene when he walks into the pub and he puts the record player on that song that playing is, is it's called Cumberland gap. I think 
Right. Yeah, Cumberland okay. Gap by by David Rawlings. I love that track, um, that opening scene because, and it, it's where like you see the blood splurt and then it just rolls into the opening credits. Um, mm. That same song plays through. Well, I thought that's yeah, a wicked he's, track. He's got. He's a good guy. Rich. He's good at the needle drop. He's good at like putting um, songs that we all well know into films, which is quite cool. Um, but yeah, to be honest, well, actually, it, it, credit to you. I didn't really pay much attention to the soundtrack. Actually, I was. Uh, Did much, you know? Obviously, it worked because I was there and I was enjoying it. And uh, had it not worked, I would have noticed it. Um, but mm. yeah, I think it flowed quite well. Because um, the 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 track in the scene that we've just spoken about, where the the kids shoot the Russian gangsters. I think that's a song called Free. I can't remember who that's by. Yeah. Um, but if you li- listen back to that scene and watch the way the song changes, because it starts all like ominous and like mysterious and it's all like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then it's got like a bit of an uplifting, like the tempo picks up and then they, they kind of save him and it's all right. like, I, I love the way it flows. And then th- all that happens. And then to end it, they, they end it on um, That's Entertainment by The Jam. And that is just an oh, amazing yeah, song. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, I got that. Because his wife, his wife walks in at the end and says, "Oh, Raymond's got Fletcher." Because he picks him up in the picks him up in the taxi oh, yeah. right, right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't, and, oh um, yeah. Um, is as he tries to escape the cab, they drop them. That's entertainment by the Jam. Yeah. And it just cuts out, and I'm just like, "Oh, I'm done. I love that." Yeah, that was good. And another note, um, are for. Um, is it Ros was it Ros Ros Pearson? Uh the, the the wife I thought was really cool as well. Um, she, she's amazing. She's awesome. She's great. Um, great actress in that. Yeah, like the, the 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 moment with the with the uh, the paperweight gun was Yeah, yeah, yeah. This 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 paperweight which well it's it's they call it a paperweight because it's just this tiny little gun. And she plays it off like she's getting some boiled sweets so that she, she can draw the gun and defend herself. Oh, brilliant. I thought she was really good. Because I thought what was really uh, funny in that scene is obviously Dry Eye goes to rape her and um, he's got her like bent over the the desk as Mickey Pearson walks in and she's so casual. She just looks over and she's like, you all right, love? Like, that just really got me how like chilled out she is about the situation she's in. Yeah, like um, now, now they know she's like... <laughs> he, and he just... The, the, actually... Uh, actor for dry eye in that scene the look on his face brilliant <laughs> so yeah, yeah yeah he looks like oh shit like it's just yeah so what did you think like what's your summary i was did good like i had it? a good did time you know? i had a good time watching it um i i, I wouldn't I, I like i said like at the beginning you know I, I didn't think it was groundbreaking i didn't and it had a couple of like things that had been done before but it was it was enjoyable characters made me laugh uh i enjoyed it yeah it's a good film yeah i really liked it so you're such a prima donna you are just you can't be happy with anything can you oh i just, just don't like happy. anything i send your way <laughs> no don't like anything i send your way i'm quitting this podcast bullshit well, no, no, it's no, bullshit no 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 you you no, no. signed us up for 100 episodes so i'm gonna shit on everything yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. um 93 more episodes 94 more episodes <laughs> Yeah, that's no. literally what it is. No. I'm going to bring but, joy. I'm going to bring joy to the podcast, and Travis is going to shit on it. Basically, basically. Um, actually, it actually happened. We've got an example of that because when we do our next, um, when we do our next album review, 
a lad in Australia has sent us a recommendation, which is really cool. Okay. So like we've got an, al- an album that's been recommended to us to review. Mm-hmm. And he also said, which I'm going to put on the Instagram, that Total Life Forever by Foles is an amazing album. So you bag that album. That's all right. Out there. People, Great album. People make mistakes. So I'll <laughs> forgive him. That's fine. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, dude. But yeah, speaking so what of are we going to do? We've got. Do we have time? Monkeys. Yeah, of course we've got time. I don't. I don't want to rush through it though. No, no, because like, like I'm, I'm looking I at feel the time. Like we could kick it, and including your breaks, <laughs> your pee breaks. Yeah, uh, we're on hour ten. Plural. Um, <laughs> yeah, plural. Um, your pre-pee break and your pee break. Yeah. Um, so. Last episode was 120, so uh, uh, yeah, I think I can I can easily go into this and um, whatever people say, I am that's what I'm not. The yeah. Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, let's do this. Do you want me to do what you did to me last week? Be like one of the most influential albums in this genre, changed people's lives, hey, made people better I just read because the of enemy this album. Opening. So, <laughs> to be honest, if you read the enemy <laughs> opening for this, it probably would be quite good. So, enemy, big fan of the Arctic Monkeys. So. Shall I just get stuck in? Please do. I'm all ears. Right. Whatever people say, I am. That's what not there. It's like you're Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. To, to be honest, this, this week I... we've reviewed Mr. Fantastic and I found about whatever people are, and that's what I'm not. Well, to be honest, every time I was typing the song names out for this, I was like, okay, well, wow, this is quite long. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Long song name. Oh, uh-huh. oh spelled it wrong. Cool. Um, but yeah, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. By Arctic Monkeys. It was a debut album, but they released some stuff beforehand, if I'm correct. Um, because they were already touring and like magazines were already um, aware of them. So um, started with this one. So overall, Arctic Monkeys. Mm-hmm. So wait, <laughs> you made a comment on um, the album cover, the album artwork for the uh, Mark and McGroma. So I'll make a comment on this one. Yeah, Simon the Skeleton. Yeah, Simon mm-hmm. the Skeleton. So um, this album cover has blue Adam Sandler smoking a cigarette on it. Um, so that's... Is it Adam Sandler? No, <laughs> but it looks... I, I saw it and I was like, is that Adam Sandler smoking a cigarette on an Arctic Monkeys? I was going to say, I've never I've no. never realised that's Adam Sandler. <laughs> no, I was um, I'm like a huge fan. The person on it is just like a, a friend of a friend's from theirs, I think. Because um, I think it was someone else... An- the brother of someone in another band that they actually uh, hung out with quite a lot, I think. But um, yeah, so that's all I can say about the cover. Cool. Um, but the music, the most important part. So throughout Arctic Monkeys, this album, really sick drums, awesome drums, really tight bass lines, really, really nice, well thought out. Nice. So, um, but the guitars, yeah. I don't, I don't like that kind of tone for the guitars, that kind of jangly, I've written here in my notes, jangly indie, jangly indie shit um, for the guitar tone. But it's just like that kind of like clean sound and stuff, which kind of gets on my note. But I think that's the reason, lots of people took that sound after the Arctic Monkeys and used it in this kind of post-Arctic Monkeys indie scene, which... um, to your cinema club a part of which I've already said I'm not a fan of so I think like yeah the guitars weren't that great for me which is a bit annoying because there were some really good riffs in there as well so I will give credit to those but I love his voice like his kind of like yeah where where are they Alex is Alex Turner Alex Turner yeah 
So Manchester, I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, um, I think it's Manchester. So he's got this like Manchester indie crooner voice. That's like, uh, I can't describe it. It's the kind of voice where it's got a load of character to it. And in the same way that I, I like voices like that, you know, when you've got people who've got really unique uh, voices from bands like Biffy Clyro, um, Kids in Glass Houses, and just like all of these like regional people who've really indulged their accent and not tried to put something fake on. And they've really like done yeah. it. And I think that's great because it also goes with the lyrics um, as well. So he's, so he's got this voice, this really nice uh, singing voice with this crooner style, but it's really, really regionalized. And the lyrics talk about real simple things, but occasionally he puts a real nice spin on it as well. So I thought the lyrics throughout were jumping between really stupid and horny lyrics to mm -hmm. really cool references and plays on like idioms, like um, in the, oh, I've abbreviated it. Oh crap. I don't know what song it is. It begins with a T. Um, Go on. Wait, what 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 track on the album? Uh, T V F T A, <laughs> whatever that is. The, the the view from the afternoon. The view from the afternoon. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, he talks about. Yeah, um, he talks about how you're drunk and you're on te doing text messages and stuff. And the, one of the re he references like the Sony Ericsson phones where you had to unlock them with a star. And so that's like one of the mm -hmm. lyrics in there. And I was like, oh, what? That's so weird. Um, and then yeah. I bet that you look because good on this. This would have floor. been before iPhones. Yeah, yeah. And I bet that you look good on the dance floor, um, the cold shoulder, giving someone the cold shoulder idiom was adapted and made mm. really, really cool. So lots of horniness and like, I'm just out here to drink and have a good time and get like, oh, she's fit, um, mixed with really nice commentary on society, like, well, not really society, but like the lifestyle that they had. Um, uh -huh. My favorite track is the first track. So The View From The Afternoon is my favorite track on the album. And nice. It's a good start. It's a, it's a banger. Yeah. And I made a, and I made a note here because you and I have always agreed on like an intro track being really good, but like the start of an album yep. being nice. And yep. I love the opening line on this. This, this song goes, anticipation has a habit to set you up for disappointment in evening entertainment. But tonight there'll be some love yep. tonight. There'll be a ruckus. Yeah. Regardless of what's gone before. And I was like, yep. Oh, Okay. So I was like, is this like a comment on like they're releasing this album? So it, it like set up for disappointment. Like he doesn't care if you're going to be disappointed, just enjoy the love and the ruckus of the album. But of course the song itself is about getting ready for a night out. So I was like, oh, maybe there's yeah. just like two things going on there. So it sounds like, like I didn't realize this was their debut album, but to me it sounded like the, they were, they, he was worried about being overhyped for this album and so i i thought that worked really nicely as an opening track and it's real it's, it's this track is the best version of their really like offbeat vocal style that they do um is like the really really bouncy sides so they like they start on the offbeat and then really emphasize certain things by jumping on them and i love the mm -hmm. chorus of it i love the chorus of this song it's all the bridge or whatever remind me um uh let me play the lyrics get the lyrics up because i'm not good with lyrics um the view and she won't be surprised yeah okay i've actually yeah i i, I thought to myself I know why are. do i love this chorus so much 
And actually, I found the musical, literally the musical reasons as to why I like it. It's like this. So the, all of the instruments start driving on the beat and then the vocal is just spread out over the mm-hmm. top really really nice and mm-hmm. basically the start of the chorus it's a chord that they haven't used in the song before but it's similar to the first chord where he sings the note and it's really like the melody you could it's one of those melodies that you could just go and do in another genre and it would work it's a really relatable memory yep. but the verse is you couldn't really like you couldn't do that with, with yeah, this yeah, sound. Yeah. But this, uh, you don't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Mate, that, that could have gone into um, My Chemical Romance. Yeah, like just change the you know instrumentation, I mean? like, changed it. Like, because I, I, yeah. I was working out the chords and stuff as to try and find out why I liked it so much. And then I was doing this like little bluesy breakdown bit because they're just doing like little power chords and they're not doing the full chord because he's got the vocals that are singing different notes and they work really well. But if you played that, it sounds really bluesy. So I was like, ah, oh, cool. Um, and so, that is cool. And so I, they really established themselves here and they use really dissonant chords as well, which is a bit crazy, which reminds me of some bands that I like, which I might recommend to you at some point. But these are like tiny little bands that have mm. broken up ages ago. Um, but I'd be mm-hmm. interested to get your take on another thing. But yeah, that track was my favourite. Other tracks I liked were Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. I feel like if you don't know this song, Obviously. You, you're not English. Oh, of um, course. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows yeah. that. Mm. Yeah, of course. Riot Van, awesome song. Uh, when the Sun Goes Down. Uh, yeah, yeah. And From the Ritz to the Rubber. Yeah, nice. Those were, those were my favourite Nice. Ones. So, Bet that You Look w- Good on w- the... With the... From the Ritz to the Rubble? Yeah. How does that start? Which one is that? Is that the one that goes last night? There was these bouncers. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's about the dick. All right. So my notes for yeah. that is dick, nice. Dickhead Bouncer. That's a great track. Awesome yep. bass line. Yeah, and it yeah. was one of the songs, so the last two songs, that had really nice guitar tones as well. So in the bridge, okay. was, the guitar line was awesome for the Ritz. And the same for A Certain Romance on the end was really good. Because um, A Certain Romance has got my favourite line in it. I think he says something like, um, although you might wear classic Reeboks or knackered Converse or tracky but." Tracky bottoms tucked in socks. I mean, he says, and I really like that. Nice. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that's from the the last album. Well, what the last track on the album? Sorry. Well, for lyrics, for me, what was quite cool. Like, so Riot Van was really cheeky lyrics. Really like that. They're talking about yeah. like yeah, someone yeah. being arrested for trying to buy alcohol, and they're just like, "Why don't you like? Why don't you arrest some proper criminals?" Um, yeah. So when I was listening to today, as we were discussing like that, you know, the, the stuff that's happening in America, I was just like, ah, oh, poignant. Very nice. Okay. Um, yeah, nice. So, but then also when the sun goes down, um, it's about a prostitute and a scummy pimp, really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What was quite she funny, told Roxanne to put on her red light. Yeah, he makes a Roxanne reference. He told Roxanne. And I was, yeah. and I, I don't know if this is just me, but when the guitar picks up for that song, it sounds to me like, like a sped up Roxanne guitar. So the Roxanne guitar is bam, 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 bam. And I don't think it's the exact same chord, but it's like a similar shape ah, and it's sped up. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know if that was intentional, but it immediately kind of made me go, all right, okay. So yeah, awesome, awesome songs on there. Bet you look good on the dance floor. Great bracking vocals, awesome lyrics, great bridge. Romeo and Juliet reference in there. We're a sucker for a bit of Shakespeare, you know, with uh, Mumford and Sons as well. Yep. So maybe that's a yeah, strange yeah, yeah. theme that we've got there. But um, 
that that might be boding well for this getting onto the uh, <laughs> Travis Pepper players then. That's oh, what I'm it's, it's good. Sorry, Chris, I will sorry, say Cam. though, um, Fake Tales of San Francisco, not a fan. And also... Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I get that. I don't know. I, I don't want to ruin this for anybody, but I could just hear the cheeky girls. The riff goes... Oh, really? In my head, I was like, we are the cheeky girls. You uh, the cheeky boys and I was like Jesus Christ James you're not going to have to listen that, to this <laughs> yeah I think I think yeah I, I definitely didn't pick that up I agree with you my favourite track I think on the album we haven't mentioned is um, Still Take You Home I think that's my favourite track of the whole album um, and I just love and I'm pleased that you've brought up the bass because I was like if he doesn't like this I'm just going to turn around and frighten his face and be like, there's so much cool bass like, in this mm, in terms mm. of the riffs and stuff. So I would have been like, down your throat. I was hoping you were, you were going to hate it. And then I was going to be like, but there's really good bass. <laughs> yeah, um, well, uh, still take you, throughout the album, there's really good bass. Still take you home. It's got an, it's got an amazing, it's that breakdown where it's like, bam, 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 yep. bam, 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 like that. And that goes on for like a good 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Um, yeah. It's a wicked little It's a It's a cool riff. So this riff. is what I've got written for it. I was like, cool riffs, um, nice distorted guitar, but woodwork. So I wrote, woodwork better if the rest of the song was better. Because for me, it was like, oh, I Aww. like it. I like it. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I like this bit. Oh, I, like I like this that bit. song. Oh, what are you doing? So like, did not like the guitar solo, but I thought it was... It wasn't a highlight of the album for me. It, it, to me, it didn't match up as well. Um, but it did have some good bits in there. But from Fake Tales mm. of San Francisco, um, I wrote for Dancing Shoes, started really well, nice and groovy. But I, I found the rest yeah. of the song a bit disappointing, but I danced to it at a party. Um, <laughs> oh, well, if that's the case, well, like, I'm sure Alex will be pleased to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he respects my opinion quite a lot, actually, um, as, as a critique. <laughs> But I wasn't a fan of you probably couldn't see for the lights, but you were staring straight at me. I think that's it. I wasn't a fan of that. So it, it so mm-hmm. after two amazing starting songs, it dropped off for me. And then Riot Van marked where they brought it back for me. Yeah. And it comes back in and it comes big all the way through to the end. I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, by the way, that I, I looked it up. They're from Sheffield, not Manchester. So obviously oh, you need to say that. Apologies. Um, yeah. Sheffield also good. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, um, Riot Van, it started and I was like, oh, okay. Cause it, it's a bit of a contrast, Like it's a different song to the style that they're the, the previous three songs are. It's a bit more laid back. And I was like, okay, good song. Cheeky lyrics. Nice. And I've written for red light indicates doors are secured. Yeah. Um, here, that's a great, here we go. That's good. It's, so, okay. so, yeah, nice. For you with, it's good. For you with the inspiring bagpipes, like this, yeah. these were my inspiring yeah, bagpipes. Uh, the red light indicates yeah, the doors are secure. So, I was like, um, I actually wrote some noise riffs and um, stupid post night lyrics. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, because that's exactly what it says on the side of the cab, right? Mm. Next, next. If you, if you ever get into a black cab and there's the little red light, that's exactly what it says. Red light indicates doors are secure. Mm. Next to, that's where, that's where that's come from. But I am, um, I was listening to because I thought I'll have another quick listen to it, mm. and I was actually like, because I mentioned last week, like you know, in 2006 you were listening to my chem. Yeah. Um, in 2006, this is kind of one of the pinnacle albums. There's another one for me for 2006, mm-hmm. but this was definitely one of them. Okay. And um, when when I listened to it again, I was like. Actually, the structure 
of the music and the way that it's set up is i think eerily similar i was like i can hear certain characteristics of this that are my chem and and the band right. and, and the rhythms and stuff yeah but I, the tones are completely different yeah the tones are you know like one is way more depressing than the other mm-hmm. one is made more thoughtful the other one's a bit more cheeky chappy yeah do you know what i mean the tone the tonality of it is worlds apart yeah but i was actually like if you strip it down to the guitars and the rhythms and the energy for a lot of the tracks i was like there's there's a crossover here, so I would maybe like to see we can my chemical romance cover. Um, um, what are we talking about? What whatever when people the, say, I day. am. That's what it's not. Uh, that's what I'm not. Well, that's what and I'm not. then Arctic Monkeys cover the Black Parade. I think we'd get ended up with some yes. like really interesting takes. That would be quite fun. But or maybe the cool. so big question mark. Yeah, maybe the big question does it. Or does it not? Oh, it does. Make it. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, of course we it needed does. that. We needed that. Yeah. We Come needed, on. To, to, I'm, 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 I'm well happy with this episode. This is like, I think both of us maybe were thinking before, it's like, are we just going to keep recommending stuff that the other person doesn't like or something? But that, I know. But that, yeah, that, yeah, I'm yeah. glad that it was getting that I'm way. So, as soon as you started saying that you really liked Captain Fantastic, I was like, yes, we're back. <laughs> it's on. Here we go. <laughs> so, cue bagpipes. So. <laughs> The two films make it in. Yeah. And the album makes it in. Mm-hmm. It's been a bagpipe episode, this one. Bloody it's been an absolute episode. Yeah. It's it's been it's been bagpipes all the way, mm. basically, from Mr. Fant- Captain Fantastic. It's been bagpipes all the way. <laughs> um Wicked. Cool. Hey, I'm glad. So next week yeah. we have got the well, we've got Invisible Women, yep. which is going to be a beast of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe something do we want something simple, else? something lighthearted to uh, complement this. Um, something. What about our album recommendation? The first this because then next week's episode will be the first book that we've had recommended to us, and the first album that we've had recommended to us. Yeah. And I've not heard of the album. Okay, do you want to do that? Yeah, sure. All I can't the way from it. all the way from Australia. No, I'm trying to get it up now. Um, Don't worry. Most men have that problem at some point in their lives. <laughs> um, I'm going to read it word for word. Boys, it's your biggest fan from Down Under here. Oh, nice. That's nice. Biggest fan from Down Under. Probably the only Australian listener we've got. No, I know of another. So we've got, at least got two. Oh, right. Bragging. Um, woohoo. <laughs> Stop us now. <laughs> Here we come, Joe Rogan. Here we come, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Stop us now. <laughs> okay, cool. Spotify will be tapping us up for an exclusive. Anyway, I highly recommend an album for you named When the Storms Would Come. Have you heard of this? Uh, nope. By a band called Holy Holy. Ooh. So when the storms would come by a band called Holy Holy would be interested to see what you guys think of it. I think it's a ripper. <laughs> so it's proper Aussie. Right. I think it's a ripper, mate. Absolute fucking okay. ripper, bro. And, <laughs> and he's done the little like, um, what's it called? You know, the surfers, the shackers, that little hand symbol. Oh, the um, gnarly, groovy, whatever. The gnarly. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, okay. he goes on to say one song, one song in particular stands out in the middle of the album. You'll know which one, dot, dot, dot. I hope. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. I thought, I thought that whole album was so good. It have to come for you guys. Uh, duh, 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 duh. It's a crack listening to the podcast. Keep them up. Um, gives me some bangers to listen to as well. When you got, when you guys recommend music. Oh, by the way, total life forever is, and always will be 
a fire album. All right. Okay, cool. Thanks. Well, thanks for the recommendation. I can't wait to shit on it next week. Um, <laughs> so when the storms when the storms would come by yeah. a band called Holy Holy okay. and then Invisible Women, um, I think I kind of feel like two things will be enough. Yeah, I, especially especially with like this book. Like I've started it. I'm I can't wait to talk about it. It's gonna be interesting. So I don't want to rush it. Yeah. I don't really don't want to rush it next week. I think there's going to be lots of, I know we yeah. can waffle on about absolute random crap, but I think this will be worth it. Yeah. We've got that book. We've got a, the album mm-hmm, to get through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds like a, yeah. sounds like a good week ahead. Yeah. I don't want to recommend anything that we're not going to get around to. <laughs> so they- no. And the other thing is I'm like only 30%. It's a beast of a book, right? Yeah. Like it's not a short read. So like a disclaimer i'm only 30 percent of the way through so i need to get my head down get stuck into that so on that note i'm gonna go i'm gonna sit in the sun i'm gonna read my book and as always me i love you and leave you and i'll see you next week see you next week moron bye Bye. (laughs) it's the travis pepper show thanks for listening guys if you had as much fun listening as we did prattling about on record, then tune in next week where we'll do it all again. But between now and then, you can follow us on Instagram by searching Mentoring a Moron. So good luck trying to get that out of your search history.